0: operates in a realm of truth. And what is the truth? It seems to be very difficult to find out what is the truth today because everybody seems to have an opinion and of course you know, we've heard over the last 10, 15 years, maybe 25 years by now, uh that uh, truth is supposedly subjective. You know, you can have your truth and I can have my truth. <laughs> and doesn't really seem to be accepted in the minds of many people that there is a truth. Truth is reality. And so it's often our job to find out what the truth is, to seek it out, to find the whole truth, as Patrick Henry said, and provide for it. And uh, that doesn't seem to be as popular as... Uh, it once was with some people anyway. I think always there's been a number of people that just don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to know the truth. And, uh, but it seems to be uh, more pervasive now than almost any other time in my history, which spans, uh, almost three quarters of a century. I've, uh, been watching news media from the beginning and there's always been a liberal press and a conservative press and, you know, there's always been bias in the press, uh, back, uh, when, with newsprint or then eventually radio and then eventually TV. You always see a certain bias nature in some of the people who are supposedly giving you the news. And, uh, the truth is, is that I've never seen it more radicalized than today. So extreme. That, uh, it isn't liberal media, it's a leftist media. And the conservatives don't seem to know how to deal with it. And I think part of that is because the conservatives haven't always been in love with truth either. They, they've had their truth and their approach to things. And I sometimes appear to be more conservative because of the fact that I look at some news feeds and uh, that would be labeled on the conservative side and they're looking at things a little bit more objectively than what we see on the left side of the equation, which seems to be the majority of the news feeds out there are very leftist-oriented. And that seems to be a part of the pendulum swing that you always see in society and in the thinking of society, that it has swung a long ways to the left, I'm not really sure that the majority of the people are thinking as far left as the media would have you think. I think the media is controlled by a small number of people that are pushing the thinking of people or saying this is what everybody's thinking. We see this in the polls that they come out with where they're saying that, you know, like in the case of the election that Biden was going to have this landslide and he didn't really have this landslide. It appears, according to some, that he's won the election in the United States, while others think that there has been cheating going on. And of course, there is cheating every year. There are people who, you know, dead people who vote every year. This is, this is, if you go back, if you have a memory for reports that have gone on in the past, and, not fall prey to the repetition of so many medias. There's, there's video out where they show station after station after station, supposedly local stations, all with the exact same phraseology. Somebody is writing the script for all these different stations and they're all repeating the exact same phraseology every single Report every single day. You have different faces, local reporters, etc., but it's the same exact rhetoric, and we see this on all the different stations. Uh, they have this uh, pattern of uh, announcing what's going on that would not be there if it was actually individual reporting, individual opinions that were giving uh, and being given out. And this has a tendency to have kind of a mind control. I remember years back, uh, I had no TV and I was traveling around. I think I was in, uh, places like Boston and, uh, working there. And, uh, I, I went and got a haircut and then I'd hear everybody talking in that, uh, in the, the barber shop and then I also heard people talking in the grocery stores, and they were talking about, uh I remember one time it was Roots had come out, a, a mini-series on uh, a person who was captured as a slave, and then his descendants, you know, captured in Africa, came to America, was a slave, and then his descendants, all the way up until, uh, I guess, eventually freedom. Uh Chicken George bought his freedom in the story. Now, Everybody was talking about this. Everybody was watching this series. And it was, I was realizing that if you had hundreds of millions of Americans all watching the same TV program or talking about the same TV program, that this is actually creating a collective think. And this is a TV program. And uh, I've seen it several other times when I was not... Watching the media, but just hearing conversations of people that the whole nation could be thinking a certain way or talking about a certain topic because of what was on the media. This is a very powerful thing, and now with the media having a political opinion, a political uh, framework in which their or uh, agenda or whatever you want to call it that they're thinking in a particular way, a particular pattern of thought and reaction to events, that you're seeing millions upon millions upon millions of people thinking the way in which the media is controlling the narrative. The narrative in the grocery store, the narrative in the barbershop, the narrative on the street is being controlled by the media. Stimulated by the media, manipulated by the media, and there seems to be at least two different medias out there. It seems to be you have supposedly Fox on one side and most everybody else on the other, and a few other alternative medias like uh, uh what is it one news uh america um, they have a conservative viewpoint and there's an awful lot of people that watch people like Tucker Carlson who's out there, Uh, he's a little too sarcastic for me when he does his news reports but of course sometimes he's just talking opinion pieces and that's one of the big problems is that the often opinion pieces that are being put out in the media are are disguised as if they are actual news reporting (laughs) and it's it is so yellow journalism it's unbelievable because the facts don't seem to matter to a lot of these opinion pieces. So I w- I've been up looking at things uh since early this morning and trying to figure out what's really going on and there is such bias in the way in which statistics and information is presented that it's really difficult to find out what's really going on. I actually have some inside information that uh the uh organ is going to shut down come Monday and Tuesday again because of coronavirus uh cases are on the rise. Of course it is the flu season if you go and look at the uh the flu viruses that have gone on and I went and looked at the charge for 2017, 2016, 2015. And usually these are, you know, it's this season between 2015-16. Because the flu virus sis, sis, uh, reporting is in a season that goes from the beginning of winter into the end of, uh you know, and the approach of spring. And so it always lapses two different years. So you have 2017-18 season, 2018-19 season, because you see flu viruses just zoom up in the winter, and then zoom back down again as the sun comes out and the uh, spring blossoms, and uh, and that's just the cycle that is going on. And You know, of course, there's people out there saying there is no such thing as a flu virus and you can't catch a flu and all these kinds of things. But the reality is is it's a combination of, of a number of things. You don't really ever breathe in enough flu virus to make you sick. What you breathe in a little bit of these exosomes, foreign exosomes, from other people, and sometimes you can get it even from other animals, But usually it's from other people. You breathe in those exosomes, which we call a virus, because they have an ill effect in your body. And what happens is your body begins to replicate those flu viruses. And those replicated flu viruses are spread in your own body by you. You are producing those exosomes in your body Some of your cells are producing them and they'll produce, you know, 20, 30 per cell and then you've got millions of cells and before you know it, all kinds of cells are producing. Your body shuts those cells down once it recognizes that you're producing exosomes that should not be producing and that produces a symptom when your body begins to fight against those cells in your body that are producing these viral antigen exosomes and uh, the interesting thing is the new flu virus vaccine that they're coming out with it is designed to make your body produce the antigen that's what it's doing it's not producing the it's not designed to make your body produce the antibody It's actually designed to make your body produce the antigen. Then when your body produces the antigen, then your body will recognize the presence of the antigen and your body will choose to produce the antibody. (laughs) Your immune system will produce the antibody. Not the vaccine. The vaccine's not doing it. The vaccine is designed to make you ill. To make you produce the actual uh, viral antigen, or at least parts of it so that your body has this immune response. Ultimately, it's your immunity that saves you, your ability to produce an immunity response, an immune response to a foreign presence in your body. And of course, you have all kinds of things in your body. Now, we're going through this and we've gone through a lot of this before. You can go back and listen to a lot of our past shows. We have articles up at Preparing You and you can listen to it. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because this is, a lie is a lot like a, a virus. You know, you say words. That's like exosomes. And our ideas, you express ideas, exosomes, same thing. And when you produce uh, words that actually can only be interpreted as a lie, that's that's like a virus. You produce all kinds of exosomes all the time, but only some of them are called viruses because only some of them produce a toxic effect. That's why we call it a virus. is because it can produce or facilitate a toxic effect in your body. Most of the toxicity in your body that is produced by these viral exosomes is your body fighting the reproduction in your body of the lie, of the exosome, of the viral exosome. The viral exosome is like a lie. Your your body thinks it should produce these exosomes, but it shouldn't. But it doesn't know that, but it produces them anyway, and this creates the toxic environment in your body when your body reacts to that. It's the same way with a lie. If you accept a lie as the truth, your body will produce, your mind will produce ideas containing that original falsehood. So to get back to the truth, to get back to a healthy mind, a healthy view of the world, You have to get rid of everything in your mind that is a lie. And you have to accept only the truth and reproduce only the truth. Well, that's the problem. And, of course, that is what repentance is. Repentance is a changing of the mind. That's what repentance means, a changing of the mind. But how? change it to what? Do you accept this lie, this antigen, and reproduce this antigen in your body? (laughs) Because now, you know, what kills you is not the virus. It's your response to the virus. What kills you is not the lie, but your acceptance of the lie and your response to the lie. And what we see is a lot of people are responding to a lie by accepting the lie. Instead of rejecting it. And one of the reasons they can't reject the lie or have difficulty rejecting the lie. Is because they already have lies in them. Already have confusion in them. They already have chaos in their own minds. Because they've already accepted some things into their mind as true. That just ain't so. It's just not true. And when it comes to Christianity, this is pervasive in the Christian community. You have 40,000 different denominations. You have, you know, like uh, Biden is a, supposedly a Catholic, but pro-abortion. Well, it used to be that abortion was bad in the Catholic Church. But now, according to the Pope, it's okay again. And uh, I don't know, you know, a lot of people are... It used to be when I was growing up, you know, to a sarcastic remark was uh, when somebody asked if something was true, and they said, is the Pope Catholic? Because obviously the Pope was Catholic. Well, now we can't say that anymore, <laughs> because we're not sure the Pope is Catholic. Uh, at least based on past theologies of Catholicism, because now he is saying all kinds of things that are contradictory to what previous Popes have said. And if popes are supposedly speaking ex cathedra, you know, without, you know, that they can't be wrong, well, how can this one say something absolutely opposite of what previous popes have said? Unless truth is relative. But, of course, truth is not relative. Truth is reality. Truth is truth. And, of course, we've accepted, or at least a lot of people have accepted, that truth is relative. You can have your truth. I can have my truth. We can all have different truths. No. There is one truth. It's objective. It's up to us to have and search out what that truth is. Like I say, I can have my opinion of what the truth is. And you can have your opinion of what the truth is. But by the mere definition of the word God, God's opinion of the truth is truth. God, this is why we're saying, I am the truth. That is the truth. It isn't, it isn't a matter of opinion. You have to be one with that truth. And of course, most of us are not one with the truth. But that's partly why we're here on this earth is to pursue that truth and to find out what that truth is. And as an example, we have a lot of different people in the world today making all kinds of claims that uh, this is true and that is true. And how do you know who to believe? What What is really going on? I I saw a report and I shared it on the network just uh, as the program was uh, about to start. And it was this Dr. Shiva who has been... Pretty much an anti-vaxxer and running for some sort of congressional position in Massachusetts, I think. But he's a scientist and a mathematician. and He's got just a scad number of degrees. I can't even count how many degrees he has. He's a pretty smart guy. Being smart doesn't mean you're right. But he does have, you know, uh an active uh intellect and knows a lot of things. And he says there was voter fraud. Not because dead people voted, which dead people vote every year. And probably more dead people voted this year because they sent out all these ballots. Uh, and normally you have to request a ballot. And usually dead people don't request a ballot. So what's happening is ballots are showing up in homes where somebody is dead and somebody is filling it out and sending it in anyway uh or 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 something is happening because some of these people have been dead for years and years and years and have voted how in the world did they do that and of course people are out there trying to gather up as many uh dishonest people are trying to gather up as many uh uh voting uh, sheets as they can and fill them out and forge the signature and send them in and they do this in convalescent home. One lady was caught, I think, with 143 different. She filled out 143 ballots and sent them in because she'd been collecting from old people often who have no idea what's going on, should not be voting. And uh the, they get in the mail a voting uh, ballot, and somebody goes around and collects those. She was a social worker, and she was collecting all of them and sending them all in, all voting for Biden. Well, 143 votes are not going to change the election. That's a criminal act. But still they're doing it because they think they're so right that they get to do that. They get to cheat. And that was one of the things I heard somebody saying, <laughs> that uh that nobody, no human being, would want to win by cheating. No decent human being, they qualified that. No decent human being. Well, evidently there's a lot of not decent human beings out there because there's a lot of people who want to cheat. Was it enough to change the outcome of the election? Difficult to say at this point. But Dr. Shiva, along with uh, Benny Smith and Phil Evans, who were kind of worked as a team on this, they say that the voter machines which are used all over the, the state, uh, a lot of states, uh, they were looking mostly at Michigan, are producing fraudulent outcomes. They are miscounting the votes. And they are doing it because there's an actual feature in the software that allows them to add votes to one candidate and take away votes from the other candidate. And they say this is going on in Michigan. And they looked at a number of counties and they grafted these things and it appears, based on their argument, and I send out the video to the local networks, um, that there was some sort of shenanigans going on in the way in which they're counting the vote. But again, if we have this memory this is, there's been testimony in front of, uh, different government boards and, and Congress time and time again that the software that they're using in these voting systems is subject to manipulation. It's the, in the software itself. There is a way in which you can manipulate the outcome that is not a real count. Now there's ways to protect against this. And they they go over this, and it would be easily able to manipulate or put into place protections. But they don't seem to want to do that. But really, what's the truth about everything? And we're just going to look at this a little bit more, and then we'll go on to other issues when we come back to Keys of the Kingdom. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, anyway... Dr. Shiva, along with these other uh, analysts and uh, people that are actually been working in the voting precincts uh, are saying that something's wrong. Where certain machines in certain counties and certain conditions are used, there is a definite curve in the way in which the votes are counting that does not add up statistically. It looks like it is manipulated. Now, I what I always do when I see these stories is I go and look for the opposing opinions. I want to hear the other side. And, of course, there is fact checkers out there giving the other side. And I looked at what they had to say, too. They didn't make as much sense, to tell you the truth. But I'm not an expert in these fields. It starts to go over my head even uh, a little bit but it's definitely suspicious, and uh, it bears looking into. But the interesting thing is there is an easy solution to guarding against any manipulation of the data in these machines. The fact checkers never addressed that. They didn't go to where you could be able to check and see if the machines are actually manipulating the account. And the way it, the machines operate is they generate with everybody who goes into the machine and votes, they generate an image of that voter's ballot. And then that ballot image is read by the machine and then calculates the, the vote and sends that on as a statistical uh, and numerical value. According to the law, they have to retain that image for 22 months. Uh, th- that is the way the factory setting comes in the machines, to retain that image. And we're talking a digital image. There's no storage space problem or anything like that. It's not like stacks of paper that could create fire hazards. It's easy. It just automatically saves it and stores it for 22 months. So that if there's a recount, you can go back and and look at those images and see if the numbers of those ballots and the votes that were on those ballots count up with the uh, votes that are, you know, the tallies that are created by the software. And it would be easy to check. And that's, of course, why the factory setting is that those images are retained somebody has gone in, somebody in the voting county machinery of the state has gone in and changed that setting. Not just in one county, in many counties. They changed it to delete those images of the ballots. So you can't go back and recount. You know, you're entirely dependent upon the generated number of the software. Now, if you looked at the original source code of the software, you would find out whether or not something is, uh, something untoward is going on. But, uh, that will take somebody going in and investigating. But the reality is, evidently, according to what they're saying, is that it's built into the software that you can manipulate the count. That's actually built into the software by changing settings. And, of course, like I said, you could check this all out and find out if somebody's manipulated the count within the software if you simply save the images that are produced when somebody goes in and votes with that machinery. And they have chosen, against federal law, to delete those images so that you cannot go back and recount. And so that's... Considerable voter fraud. And looking at the charts that Dr. Shiva and the, the others have put together, uh, it looks like there was serious voter fraud in numerous key counties and uh, precincts. And that, uh, that the outcome of the election is much different than what they're saying. Now, from the kingdom's point of view, because this is Keys to the Kingdom... There's a vote in the keys of the kingdom. You don't vote for who's going to rule over somebody else like your neighbor. (laughs) That's, That's not the kind of vote that you can do in the kingdom of God. What you do is you get one choice. You get to choose your minister. Who is going to be your minister? Christ commanded that we sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, organize ourselves in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, And you get to decide who you're going to sit with. Who you're going to choose as your minister of ten. You get to decide that. You don't get to decide who that minister of ten picks. You may have some sort of personal influence, because if you really don't like who he's picked, you could say, well, I'm going to a different congregation. But you get to choose your minister. You don't get to choose your neighbor's minister. And your minister can't exercise authority one over the other. These are the distinctive differences between Christianity and most other things that are posing as religion. Is that Christianity ministers do not exercise authority one over the other because that's forbidden by Jesus Christ who was the king. And if Christ is your king, then you cannot be looking for ministers to exercise authority one over the other. Most of voting for elected offices in the United States is looking for somebody who can exercise authority one over the other. In Christianity, that would be not what you would be doing. Now, am I saying that Christians can't vote? No, Christians can vote. I don't have any authority to tell you you can't vote. And I know there are many Christians or people who are seeking Christianity, following Christ, who are voting in self-defense. They're trying to elect somebody who will not exercise authority over their neighbor, who will not force their neighbor to contribute more and more, (laughs) who are trying to set their neighbors free. And uh, so I, that self-defense voting is fine with me if that's what you want to do. I don't have any authority to tell you to do it either way. I can just preach the gospel of the kingdom. But in the gospel of the kingdom, the point is, is you have a vote. You get to vote for one individual for yourself. You get to choose the minister that will be your public servant in the kingdom of God. He's going to be a part of that process that we call a daily ministration. The daily ministration of the early Christian church took care of all social welfare locally and abroad. This is what we see uh, Paul doing and Barnabas doing. Taking funds and supplies to the other parts of Rome, the Roman Empire, to Galatia, to Corinth, to... uh, Syria to, to, and back to Jerusalem. He was taking funds and supplies when moving them around in the body of Christ and rightly dividing the bread from house to house. He would bring supplies in and then he would turn them over to local ministers and those local ministers would go and rightly divide from house to house. But Paul knew where to go because the early Christian church was sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. ...in a grassroots organization of voluntarism and charity. That's the way early Christianity, the early church, was operating. That's not the way the modern church operates. The modern church goes to men who exercise authority and they say, "...will you take care of our widows and orphans and the needy of our society?" And let us elect men who will exercise authority one over the other so that we can provide this daily ministration through the governments of the world. And that is proof right there that the modern churches are not established by Jesus Christ. They're not following His ordinances. They're not following His way. Now, what does this all have to do with me mentioning Dr. Shiva and the modern election of the people today <laughs> in the world. And, uh well, I'll tell you. In the course of the video that I watched of Dr. Shiva, he mentioned a lot of different things. And actually, I watched two videos. There's another one uh that uh, he was uh, with John Mappin. M-A-P-P-I-N. You can probably find John Mappin and Dr. Shiva. And I can send it to anybody who wants to see it on our network. But uh, in this, there was mentioned that people need to organize. And that's true. Christ knew that people need to organize. But one of the things that Dr. Shiva says is they need to have a self self-organizing system that's what they need they could combat the disease of the modern lie if they had a self-organizing system you in your body, in your human body you have this immune system that consists of lots of different things that are going on and if you go back and listen to all the things that we said about the immune system it's just amazing the complexity that is going on in your, in your body with different cells and different levels of immunity and different systems of immunity that's in your body is just amazing. And that's what keeps you healthy. It's not vaccines that keep you healthy. Vaccines did not cure polio. You cured polio. The health of the American people, of the people in other countries, that cured polio. Because 95% of the people who got polio showed no symptoms whatsoever. I mentioned that Kate Brown is going to shut down the state this week. She's already sent out notices to many of the counties. She seemed to avoid sending out notices to some of the counties that she knows she would get flack from. (laughs) About this. And she avoided those counties. Seems to be the case. I don't know the exact number because they're all... Kind of communicating between themselves to find out what's going on, and they're uh, calling the the governor's office and asking them what's this mean, and they're getting responses like we don't know. <laughs> so, well, you're you're issuing these things, but you don't have things defined. You're not saying what they are, and this is all based on the idea that there's increased number of COVID cases in Oregon. Well, this is flu season. You're going to have uh, increased cases. Somebody was just telling me the other day that uh, a lady who sends her kids to school, the teacher evidently exposed all the kids to COVID because the teacher evidently had COVID. I'm not sure that she has symptoms of COVID because most people don't get symptoms when they get COVID. But she was tested and supposedly she had COVID, so all these kids are now going to be quarantined, so that means they have to be at home, and that upsets all kinds of people, and not homeschoolers, of course homeschoolers didn't send their kids to the teacher to begin with. And everybody's worried about COVID, I would be more worried about the lies the teacher is teaching your children, infesting their brains, <laughs> than uh, COVID, because most kids, almost no kids die of, of COVID. It, it seems to, bother children less than almost any other flu virus. Children recover more quickly than almost any other flu virus. Uh but anyway, they said, well no it was definitely COVID and they said, how do you know though well they tested it. well the there is no COVID specific test. The PCR test is not COVID specific. It does not identify the RNA COVID virus it just doesn't do that it's a quantitative test uh, like Elon Musk just went out and got tested the same day four different times and two of them said he had COVID and two of them said he did not have COVID <laughs> so, and um, interesting that you know officials try to find out who's doing all the COVID tests in the state of Oregon now and they won't tell you what laboratory is doing it well if they don't tell you what laboratory is doing it, you can't go to the laboratory and said how are you conducting the PCR test? Because if you if you run fifty cycles or more, you're almost guaranteed to get a positive reaction. If you only run thirty five cycles, you may not get as nearly as many positive outputs. Well you can't ask the question if they won't tell you what lab is doing all the tests. But suddenly, the tests are coming back more positive. Well, has somebody changed the parameters? Because there are recommended range in which you're supposed to do these cycle. Because, it, again, it's a quantitative test. And nobody's telling you what they're doing. Did they up the number? If you do more cycles, you're going to get more positives. If you do less cycles, you'll get less positives. None of these tests... Are telling you that it's exactly COVID that you're getting. And like we said, the guy who invented the test tells you that it should not be used for diagnostic purposes. It is a test and it tells you some debris is in the body, but it's not telling you which debris. Now, they're going around telling people, yeah, it's, it's a, a new improved test and it's virus specific. No, it's not. I will tell you, no, it's not. That's a lie. It's part of the whole scheme of lies that are are out there in order to push an agenda, to push what some people call their truth. Back to Shiva saying that you need to have this self-organizing system, network of people. Well, Christ saw you needed a self-organizing system too. If you were going to live in the world but not of the world, if you were going to survive what was coming... In the Roman Empire, the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, you needed this self-organizing system. So he commanded that the people sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And he commanded that his ministers require the people sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. For what purpose? Well, for a variety of purposes, but immediate purpose is where the self-organizing comes from. You have to have this immediate need to self-organize. What, do you have an election every four years or in some places every two years? That's not going to keep you organized. You need to have something that daily firms up the organization of the people. And that's what Christ was creating. That was what was unique to Christianity. Everybody else was setting up systems based on force. We all sign up and somebody forces us to contribute to take care of the widows and orphans and needy of society. Christ said, no, you do it by charity. The difference between Christ and everybody else is that Christ was doing it by charity. Everybody else was doing it by force. Now, some people say that the difference between Christianity And all the other churches or religions is that Christianity believes in the Trinity or believes in water baptism or believes in Jesus was God and that they're, you know, whatever. Now, the difference between Christianity, the followers of Christ, and everybody else is that the followers of Christ took care of the needy of their society through faith, hope, and charity. And everybody else, all the other public religions, all the other systems like the Pharisees had set up, took care of the needy of their society through force. And with that force came fear because it had to be a penalty if you didn't abide by what they commanded you to do. And fealty. Because when you signed up, you subjected yourself to the, uh, parents patria of the state or because most of the churches out then, they, they had other private religions at the time of Jesus Christ. Private religion was, which is what Christianity was. It was a private religion. It was separate from the world. It wasn't regulated by the world. And the world there, the specific word they're using when they're saying separate from the world means constitutional order and system of government. All the other systems of welfare that were being run through Rome and to the Pharisees were run through government finance temples. And those finances were based on imposed fees and taxes that were put on people, sometimes foreign, sometimes local people, they had to pay into these systems and it provided them the funds and resources to provide a daily ministration through the temples. They had one, we know they had one uh with the Pharisees. We know there was free bread offered by the temples of Rome. We have articles of uh, preparing you that go through all the different temples of Rome and we you know some minted coin and some gave out free bread and wine and cheese and all sorts of things uh, for the people. And that free bread was administered through those public temples of Rome that were supported by government money collected from the people in the form of taxes. And the Pharisees had set up a similar system with Herod where you signed up and you had to pay in. But you got these benefits and we see the blind man's parents refusing to say anything about Christ because they knew if they accepted Christ they would be cast out of that system and they did not want to be cast out of that system. But the blind man said, I have to profess them I didn't see and now I see. And that's what you need to do. You need to see. Because right now people are blinded to the fact that they think it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods through the agency of men who exercise authority. That separates you from Christ. That will make you blind. So you cannot see the real solutions. And the reason I mentioned Dr. Shiva is that he said that we need to be in a self-organizing network of people. The only way we can combat this corruption. Now, he doesn't see other things. I'm sure there's things I don't see. But he sees that he doesn't say that we just need to be organized. We need to be self-organizing. And this was in response to a state, statement I think was made by uh, John Mappin that we need to choose the right leaders. Because that's the key. Well, yeah, you could say that. As long as you don't mean leader in the sense of ruler. Christ was a leader. But he wasn't a ruler. He did not rule over men. He ruled over uh, uh, the wind. And he ruled over storms. And he ruled over disease. And he ruled over the wicked. And cast out demons. But he did not rule over men. He did tell his disciples and commanded that they make the people sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, something that the modern church doesn't do, doesn't need to do it. Because the modern church goes to men who exercise authority one over the other to provide the daily ministration for their congregation and churches. Even home churches. I've been looking at a lot of home churches groups They talk about fellowship and small groups of ten families meeting in homes and that's the way the early church was. Absolutely right. But what they don't see is that the, the, even though they were in these home churches, how in the tarnations did Paul and Barnabas know to take, where to take the funds to help out Christians in other communities? How did they know who to take them to? They just go to Corinth and Galatia or to, or to Ephesus and just show up there and say, hey, any Christians in town? No, they knew exactly where to go and who to see. And, uh, they, they had contacts there and those contacts were connected. They didn't dial up on, you know, their, uh, their cell phones. They didn't uh, Google them. They had their own separate network where they, this tens, hundreds, and thousands, where they knew who to contact, and then they said, well, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And these guys said, well, we need this, because they knew already, because they got reports from the other ministers, from the the ministers of tens, and the ministers of those ministers, which is the ministers of hundreds, and the ministers of those ministers, which are the ministers of thousands. They were not dependent upon YouTube, facebook is it me we or are we me <laughs> and uh twitter and all these other controlled media uh situations i just watched the the movie uh i guess it's called snowden uh last night how everybody's cell phone everybody's telephone call everybody's computer can be watched by the government by uh nsa i guess and, uh, this is all, and I remember way back when this was first coming out, before Snowden even came forward with this, there was rumors around that such a thing was existing. And, uh, I had a, a local individual here who challenged the uh, senator. He says, w- what, what about this? Is this true? And he says, no, there's no way this can be. This is not true. That's just a conspiracy theory. And then of course within, Weeks or months, anyway, that it came out. No, it is true. They do do. That. <laughs> now, here's the question: Have they stopped doing that? Do you have any evidence that they've stopped doing that? Do you know if they've stopped doing that? They could literally shut off the cell phones of anybody. And what I see is very fascinating. If you once you, the more you step back from the river, the more of the river you can see. The more you get out of the mayhem, the more you can see the process going on. And what's happening is the, the whole movement for diversity, uh, and it's supposed to be inclusiveness, is actually dividing everybody. You know, if you, if you get uh, these different groups and you isolate yourself, and that uh, Facebook has been doing this all along. You'll get all kinds of conservative stuff if you're a conservative. You get all kinds of liberal stuff if you're a liberal. That's creating a divide. That's not bringing people together. In a real congregation, you need to have a conversation with real people. But anyway, we'll talk more about this when we come back to Keys of the Kingdom. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, What's the, what's the real solution of all these things? Yeah, one of the things I've, I've said a number of times in the last, uh, couple of weeks is that uh, corruption is like an iceberg. You only see the tip of the iceberg. Most of it is below the, the waterline. You don't see that. And of course that's what that's what people will run into. That's what happened to, uh, the Titanic is it ran into an iceberg and it ruptured holes along the water line because it was running into the part that was submerged. If it had run head on into the iceberg, <laughs> into the tip, it would have been a different story probably. But, uh, anyway, uh, That's what we're seeing. We're seeing a certain amount of corruption, but most of the corruption you will do not expect to see. You will not see it. And one of the things that keeps you from seeing the corruption is the fact that you think you already see. And, of course, that's one of the things that Christ was saying in his parables. Uh, Because you say you see, I tell you nothing because you don't want to see (laughs) what I have to tell you. And one one of the stories that's going around is that there's all kinds of watermark ballots out there, and I've heard this story coming from several different way, uh, directions, and it's very elaborate, uh, but very little evidence that it's actually going on. If it's going on, I assume that they will eventually reveal that, but I don't. I, it it appears to be a totally fabricated story, based on what I've seen so far. Nobody can verify this very ambiguous uh statements uh, concerning the watermark ballots and this was a sting operation set up by Trump and that there's all these National Guard guys out there looking for that and they're going to disqualify. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't find any evidence that it's true. But I've seen over the past, and I'm going to keep mentioning this, in my long history I've seen, you know, the White Knights and there was another group the Dove or something, I can't remember what it was, and of course now there's QA non uh out there. And these are like the White Knights that are going to save the day. They're going to come up with and there's a half a dozen other groups that I've seen over the last 40 years, 50 years that were going to be the salvation of everybody and everybody's counting on them eventually popping up out of the -the jack-in-the-box and revealing the truth and arresting all the bad guys and everybody is saved by these invisible white knights that are going to come to your rescue i haven't seen any of these ever come to fruition (laughs) if i'm going to keep waiting for them i'm going to maybe die waiting I don't think that's the solution. I think the solution, again, is Christ. Sit down in the tens, hundreds, of thousands. Create that self-organizing system of charity and love for your neighbor. Start taking care of one another. through that faith, hope, and charity. Start weaning yourself off of the addiction of free stuff. Actually, I I didn't see the whole video. I saw about uh, 15 seconds of it. That, uh, Prager you, uh, fireside chat, I think, probably the most recent one, was starting to talk about this addiction to free stuff. It is more powerful than an addiction to heroin. And, and to some degree that's true, and I don't know all of what he said, I didn't listen to it, didn't have the time, I didn't have the bandwidth to download it, I had too many other things to do. But he's right, and we have a whole article at Preparing You about addiction, you can go look up, and probably some audio's on those pages. That this addiction to free stuff, the addiction also to thinking that you're right already is, is a terrible, terrible addiction. One of the things in the book 1984, which is Hillary Clinton's favorite book, somebody asked me, how do you know that's Hillary Clinton's favorite book? And I said, I heard her say that it's her favorite book. <laughs> I said, I didn't read it. She, I saw it coming out of her own lips. My favorite book was 1984 by George Orwell. And, uh, there could be two reasons why you like that book. But, uh, I don't think her reason was a good reason, but that's my guess. But anyway, uh, one of the things he said, the best books are those that tell you what you know already. And the reality is, is what that, that reason that's the best books is, it's telling you what you already think is true. It's reaffirming what you have accepted. Well, of course, that's back to that virus. You don't get sick from the virus you breathe in. You get sick from the viruses that you replicate. You reproduce those viruses thousands and millions of times. And that's what starts affecting your cells. And that's what starts Turning on your immune system to destroy those cells, deactivate those cells that are producing, uh, foreign exosomes in your body and contaminating and then your body tries to cleanse all that out and that's where the symptoms show up. And most of the people get over the virus without any symptoms because they never let their body, never lets their body reproduce Those four nexosomes, which is a part of the T-cell memory that's in your body. You have a memory where you have had any coronavirus that is similar to the COVID. Your body will retain a memory that says don't reproduce that. It will be in every single cell in your body because your body is a self-organizing system. Now, occasionally, you will interfere with that self-organizing system and screw up your immune system. You know, like drinking too much alcohol or eating too much sugar or, or uh, other, you know, other bad habits, health habits that you have will disrupt your immune system. But if your immune system and you take care of it, it is self-organizing. You don't have to know all the chemical reactions that are in every cell that is protecting those cells from foreign invasion and and uh, uh, cytokine reactions that will cause illness. You will automatically be protected. In the same way with the body of Christ. If you simply do those simple things that Christ said, forgive one another, care about one another, love one another, that means be charitable, sacrifice, lay down your life daily for one another. I do not mean you have to jump on a grenade, but you have to care enough to contribute part of your life so that others may live. You do this in your family all the time. You give your time to your children and you raise those children up and the sacrifices that you make will have an effect on those children and the way they're brought up. But if you don't make those sacrifices and you consider it a burden if your children have to come home from school and you have to take care of them, (laughs) then there's a problem. You're not as self-sacrificing as you should be. But depending on, back to that book 1984, in 1984, you know, the guy goes and tries to join the underground or to fight this resistance and everything and then eventually he finds out that the resistance was created by the government in order to kind of capture all those people that do want to resist, do want to resist that boot of tyranny forever and ever and ever. And so if you are going to really want to control the people, you would create all kinds of conspiracies that make the people think that somebody else is fixing this. Somebody else has got watermark paper. Somebody else has got... You know, the white knights are making a list and they're going to arrest all these bad guys and they're going to, uh, drain the swamp. And while they're doing that, you're counting on them draining the swamp. Instead of doing what you need to do, which is what Christ said and even, even Dr. Shiva said, is you need to create a self-organizing system based on He didn't say this. Christ did. Faith, hope, and charity. Where you just start taking care of one another through, through that system of charity and love, rather than a system of force and fear. If you want to be free, you have to create that system. I heard somebody say that, I'm willing to do anything. I'm willing to do anything to guarantee my freedom. I thought, well, you're a loser. Now, of course, now he didn't think that way, I'm sure, but, uh, and I didn't say anything to him. But, if you just want to secure your freedom, you're not thinking like Christ. Christ didn't come to secure his life, he came to lay down his life to secure life for others. This is what, this is, God designed the family and that's what the family does all the time. The parents lay down their life daily so that their children might live and that their children might have life. Today we have a large movement, millions upon millions upon millions of people worldwide who want to lay down the life of their children so that they can have more freedom and life for themselves. That is Antichrist. I I want to abort my child because it's an inconvenience and I might not be able to get as much stuff if I have to raise this child and I do not want to share my life with this child. So these are opposing forces and of course there's a lot of room in between those two extremes of laying down your life for others and laying others' lives down for you because, see... Social security, government, welfare. It's all about making your neighbor lay down his life so that you can have more stuff. Better schools, freer schools, uh, maybe a swimming pool in your school, a swimming pool in your community. You want grass growing on your your grandfather's grave. So you're going to put it on the tax rolls. And you're going to get the government to force your neighbor to contribute to what you want. That's anti-Christ. And yet we have lots of churches who say that's okay. Lots of pastors who say that's okay. Lots of reverends and ministers who say it's okay to cover your neighbor's goods as long as you do it through government. We just have to believe in Christ. If you believe that, you don't believe in Christ. If you believe it's okay to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare, you do not believe in Christ. You are under a strong delusion. We have an article up on that. Anyway, before we go too far, I, I'm going to be on a live, supposedly, if all the, we can work out all the kinks, a live interview, uh, come Tuesday night. You join the network to find out more details, and we'll send you the link to it. But, uh, we're gonna be on, I'm gonna be on that live interview and we'll see how that goes and if it goes well enough, maybe we'll move more in that direction. But anyway, uh, uh, like I said, join the network at dot or org, and, and you get more information on that. And, uh, but anyway, back to this 1984 George Orwell. He said, we shall meet in a place where there is no darkness. That's true. And it's part of that, you know, the, the same idea that people want to read books that tell them what they already believe is true is true. That's creating darkness. You don't, you want to have the conversation. You want to have people who will sit down together and have the disagreements. And hash out the disagreements. Not to make each person agree with you or you do agree with each person. But willing to stand up for what you believe. But if you don't believe the basics of Jesus Christ. Forgiveness. Charity. Which includes love for one another. Like I said, the only place he had a command was he commanded that the people organize themselves in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And he required that his disciples, his trained up ministers, require that the people sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. This made Christianity distinct. Because they were creating a social welfare system that operated by faith, hope, and charity. That's what made John the Baptist distinct. Everybody else was doing it by force. But John the Baptist said, no. If you have extra, share with those who do not have enough. You get to decide how to do that. And in order to do it practically, you have to pick a minister of ten families. And those ten families give to him to help that redistribution, not simply in their home church, but like we see Paul and Barnabas doing all over the world. Because all the Christians were not looking to the welfare of the world, the, the, the free stuff of the world, because they knew that the free stuff of the world was provided by men who exercise authority one over the other. And borrow against the future of their children and curse their children. Which is why Peter said, through covetous practices, you would become merchandise and you would curse your children. That's a done deal already. And I don't care who you vote for. That's not going to change unless you change your thinking, which is what repentance is all about. You have to realize that that is not okay. You have to turn around your thinking and start replicating the ways of Christ in your heart and in your mind. The real Christ, not the fake Christ that is preached in most churches. The real Christ of faith, hope, and charity. One of the things he also said in George Orwell is who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. Uh, That's just a counter of the old saying that uh, if you want to <laughs> you know if you want to know the future study the past but you have to study the past as if you really want to know the past what the modern media is trying to help you do is to make America forget again like I said that this idea of voter fraud and machinery has been put forth in uh, in the in the software has been put forth by software writers, for years. The media just not telling you. And if you don't see that eventually come up in Mayor Giuliani's uh, uh, fight for uh, election honesty, if he doesn't bring that up eventually, then he's a fraud too. Because that that's a key element. That should be brought up right away. Because that's a real possibility and there's a lot of evidence that that is actually going on. Uh, yeah, Most of the guys that I saw arguing against Dr. Shiva's conclusion and, and his other team's conclusions never touched some of the evidence that they were presenting. If, if only the stuff they talked about was the only evidence that they presented, well, yeah, they might have a case. But the, that's what they do is they don't, They don't look at the whole truth. They pick at bits and pieces of it. And they do it in a very controlling sort of way. So one of the other things George Orwell said is war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. And, uh, of course, all those are absolutely the opposite of truth. War is not peace. (laughs) Freedom is not slavery. Uh, slavery is freedom from responsibility, uh, the re- natural responsibilities. What is religion? Religion is how you perform your duty to God and your fellow man. That was the definition of religion for thousands of years. It was, religion was a duty over and over again. Religion was a duty. It's not what you think. It's, it's the performance of that duty. To God and your fellow man. Instead of taking care of your fellow man like John the Baptist said. You take care of your fellow man like Jesus said not to do. You do it with men who exercise authority. You just go to church. To get your ears tickled. To to, to, to get that feel good feeling of going to church. People say that one of the distinctions of Christianity from other faith is that you have to be born again well born again of what spirit are you born again to the spirit of christ or the spirit of lies and deception are you deceiving yourself or are you really looking for the truth the that that's a, an important question to answer but only you can find that answer in your own heart What I'm pointing out is that if early Christianity Christianity took care of all the needy of society through faith, hope, and charity and would not eat of the free bread of Rome provided through taxation, that is a major distinction. When in North Africa, the trial that we show in our uh, Christian conflict article shows that they were being prosecuted. Because the uh, Saturninus had outlawed private religion, said that everybody had to join the system of the world that provided the free bread and circuses that we see coming from Rome, the free bread of Rome. And Christians would not join that because Christ said you are not to be like the governments of the Gentiles who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. They knew that those public religion systems like social security is today operated by force and by borrowing money against the future of your children. They knew and if you can watch the news and find that out that it's based on forced offerings Christ said that your organized natural network of Christians had to be organized by free will offerings. Same as John the Baptist. But you've opted for the forced offering benefits. Those are called the wages of unrighteousness. And so, if you think that's okay, you're not born of the Spirit of Christ. Because Christ said that's not okay. You don't really believe in Christ if you think that's okay. It's not okay. You have to think like Christ. It's not enough just to think differently. You have to repent and think like Christ, which is why he says repent, think differently. Seek the kingdom of God, the government of God that operates by faith, hope, and charity. Seek that government and the righteousness of God. It is not righteous to covet your neighbor's goods. It is only righteous to do it according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't accepted, or if you have accepted, that it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods to the agency of government through forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare so you can have free schools and free health care and take care of my parents, which you're supposed to be doing. If you think that's okay then you're not born of the Spirit of Christ. That's another spirit. So you have to go back to the beginning, back to the whole truth of the gospel of the kingdom. That's what it was called, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the government of God that operates by faith, hope, and charity. Then you will be able to create that self-organizing network. But if you think you're just gonna join an email group and be in a self-organizing network, no. It, you it will not sustain the network unless you're making that daily sacrifice so there can be a daily ministration of the needy of society. Now do you go cold turkey? Uh, Or do you wean yourself off from the benefits? Well, many of you aren't even taking very many benefits right now. Maybe you're all working people. Some of you are probably having to take some of those benefits now. But that doesn't mean you can't start seeking the kingdom of God. That's a process word. Striving, that's a process word. Seeking that kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. That's what you should be doing. That is the religious practice of the righteous. Is to to go back that other way. So what happens when you go back that then? Then you're bottom up. This is why I always say the kingdom of God is elder driven. But it's only elder driven and the spirit of God is cultivated in the heart of the elder. And that's cultivated by The Holy Spirit, which is your comforter, saying, yeah, I want to go this way. I want to do it this way. I want to do it the way of righteousness of God. I want to organize in this self-organizing system. You know, it's either Christ or chaos. That's your choice. Do it the way Christ said or you will have chaos. And what we see today is chaos. Thomas Jefferson once said, Can the liberties of a nation be sure when we remove their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are gifts of God? Yeah, the liberty that you experience is a gift of God. The right to choose is a gift of God. And pure religion is to take care of the needy of your society through faith, hope, and charity. Not spotted by the, the way of the world. And the word he uses there, world, when he says unspotted by the world, is constitutional order or system of government. You've got a long ways to go to get to that point. But through the miracle of Christ, you can get to that point. And something is shifting in the world today that is, is the, the speed at which it's shifting is unprecedented in my history, in my knowledge of history. You know, John Adams once said, we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Avarice, ambition, revenge, gallantry. We're already hearing the revenge on the uh, uh, liberal side, leftist side, of talking about lists of people who supported Trump. And I i didn't support Trump. I didn't vote for Trump. Uh, I will admit that some of the things he said was closer to the kingdom than what I was hearing on the left. But it certainly wasn't the answer. But the avarice ambition and revenge and gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as well goes through a net. But he said more than that. But we'll have to talk about that when we come back to Keys to the Kingdom. But join us on the network and we'll tell you more there too. But we'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Keys to the Kingdom. So... I was reading John Adams there uh, when we came upon the break. But anyway, he was saying that uh, this avarice ambition, revenge, uh, or gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Now, this was the Constitution that they had written for the United States. And all of you know that I have certain opinions that the, the Constitution was wholly inadequate to begin with to meet biblical perspectives. And we have... You know, whole books free online and articles free online that explain exactly why I say that. That the Constitution, and even the Anti-Federalists pointed this out, and even some of the Federalists pointed it out. But right in the Bible, it gives you four or five different precepts to include in the Constitution, and they do not exist, for the most part, within the Constitution of the United States. So, how in the world could you say that the Constitution is a biblical document when it contradicts the very instructions that the Bible has about what to put in a constitution if you're going to have rulers who can exercise authority. Now, of course, the church is not that kind of organization because one of the primary directives of the king is that we do not exercise authority, that we are a government of service. In order to perpetuate a government of service in the name of Christ, You have to have those elders who are perpetuating the spirit of Christ. They don't want to exercise authority over their neighbor either. They want their neighbor to be as free as possible in their day-to-day choices. They do not want to support the wickedness or weakness of their neighbor. And they do not have to because there is no authority forcing them to. It is now legal, supposedly, in Oregon, in most places in Oregon, not on Indian reservations, but in most places in Oregon, to snort coke on the street, to take uh, meth, and to, to do these things in Oregon now. that As an individual, you have the right to do that. Well, in the kingdom of God, you have the right to do that, but we also have the right not to support you in your folly. We don't have to send you a welfare check when you can't get a job because you've been snorting coke and taking math And you're unemployable. And you're incompetent. We don't have to send you a welfare check to feed you. We don't have to do that. See, because it's a self-governing system. you only going to get aid in the kingdom of God if your neighbor believes you're deserving of aid and the only aid he can give you is what is in his pocket. He cannot take money out of your neighbor's his neighbor's pocket to feed you while you refuse to work because you want to go snort cocaine and take math. In the systems of the world they get to do that. They can they can get a welfare check. They can be you know, I mean, if, it used to be that if you were a heroin addict, you got automatic Social Security because you were crippled by your addiction. That's that shifted a little bit, but basically these guys cannot survive without the government. And the government cannot fund these welfare programs, free needles. They give you free needles. <laughs> you don't even have to buy needles you know, it's, it's crazy. And of course it promotes crime and chaos. Now, the problem is, I mean, it's just like the, even the abortions. You know, people, you know, I, I've said many times, there already is a law against abortion. Thou shalt not kill, period. That's, that already exists in the kingdom of God. I don't have to make a new law that says thou shall not kill Uh, fetuses thou just shall not kill period and probably nothing is more murdersome than abortion but what the world says is that you have to pay for their abortion and you do i mean Planned Parenthood gets millions and millions of dollars from the government the government gets that by taking money from you and by borrowing money against the future of your children so they're cursing your children and murdering, paying and financing the murder of your children. That I don't care what they say. That it is your tax dollars that is funding abortion. It's a giant industry, and they make lots of money doing it. And that's just creative bookkeeping that keeps it so that it says, "Oh no, it, you can't fund abortions with tax dollars." So well, that is ridiculous. Look at the books. But they don't want to do that because of the avarice and ambition and revenging uh, or gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. They go through the net all the time. They break all the rules like uh, Oregon, Article 2, Section 22, or Michigan that is not to uh, to preserve. They are told to preserve any documents generated In the process of voting. And of course. They change the settings. To delete. Any way in which you could check. Whether or not. They're actually counting the votes. That is the most suspicious thing. Get away from all the charts. And the analysis. Why in the world would you do that? Why would you go in. And change the factory setting. To delete. The only evidence of a true vote count. Unless you didn't intend to have a true vote count. But anyway, there's more to it. You can go, if you want to know about the length, You go and uh, join the network and we'll send it to you. But Adams goes on to say, Our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. Religious people. Moral and religious. Well, what's moral? A lot of people think abortion is moral. I think it's immoral. Uh, there's a lot of other things I could add to that immoral side that they say is moral. Coveting your neighbor's goods is immoral. You, you cannot have, the Constitution is inadequate if you're going to make it okay to covet your neighbor's goods to the agency of government. Religious? Religion is the pious performance of your duty to God and your fellow man. Your duty to your fellow man is to love your neighbor as yourself. In order to do that, you have to take care of your neighbor through charity. It is not charitable to buy a syringe so that a guy can shoot up on the street and give him that syringe for free. That's like, you know, giving a fifth of uh, Everclear to an alcoholic and say, well, here, take this gift. You just killed him. He's going to go and get so drunk, he's going to kill himself. That is not strengthening the poor. That is not a moral society. But that is what you do when you do this. More people are going to die this year of obesity than of COVID. Uh, And they'll do it next year and the year after and the year after and the year after that. So why don't we have people out there enforcing uh, proper diet? You know, a pie police going into restaurants and taking pie away from fat people, uh, checking, you, you know, at the checkout st- stand that yeah, all the fattening foods have to go out of the cart of anybody who is overweight. They can't buy fattening foods. They have to buy things that will, why not? You're making them wear masks and more people will die of obesity than of, uh, COVID. But see, they, they have this double standard. They have this double way of thinking. The, the basic moral truths of equality that was once self-evidence have been replaced with vanity of victimhood. And so now everybody, they, they don't want to blame their state or status on themselves. It's somebody else's fault. And we're doing the same thing, you know, conservative versus liberal. It's the liberal. It's the liberal press. It's the, you know, it's uh the Casio Cortezes. No, it's you. You have to change your thinking. And change it to what? Well, Christ had the solution. You know, today the freedom to choose a, an abortion is held supreme, while simultaneously denying parents the freedom to choose The school they go to, or homeschool, or the vaccination they do not want their child to get. If if we're going to have a self-governing nation, it must be occupied by self-governing citizens, by people who will govern themselves. That means you have to take back your responsibility. What the world is offering you today is freedom from that responsibility that God gave us to begin with. You don't have to take care of yourself. The government will take care of you. It will provide for you. You need to change your thinking, but you need to know what to change it to. And you cannot decide what is good and evil on your own. It has to be decided by that Holy Spirit. Well, how do you enlist the power of the Holy Spirit? Because the power of the Holy Spirit listeth where it wills. You have to... Remember, we shall not meet in the place where there is, we shall meet in a place where there is no darkness. In your heart, there is darkness because you do not want to see your part of the problem. You do not want to see your failures, your misconceptions. And one of the greatest misconceptions today, there are many, we can go through a long list of them, is that it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods as long as you do it through men who exercise authority one over the other. And Christ said no. It is okay to separate yourselves out from others and forsake the gathering together. And if you're in a home church and you're gathering together with nine other families, that's great. But if you're not connected with 90 other families doing the same thing, then you're going contrary to what Christ said. Because he said to organize yourselves in these ranks of tens, hundreds, and thousands. And there is no way to create that self-organizing system that Dr. Shiva was talking about. And I could see when, uh, it was interesting when you see this on video, that when he's being asked the question, and I, I believe it was, in the interview with uh, John Mappin, which was in uh, King Arthur's castle or something like that. I don't know, it was over in England. He's, John Mappen's an English guy. Dr. Shiva, the guy suggested that they need to depict these leaders, but Shiva said, no, you need this self organizing system. And I've seen other people saying that this is, you know, uh, is the key, is that we need to be this self organizing people because we have become so dependent upon the media for our facts. You know, Dr. Shiva's uh, team is virtually amateurs in some ways. They have a professional connection now. But, uh, but you know, even Snowden, he never even finished high school. He He was just a genius. And there are geniuses amongst us. And unless we have that conversation and meet in that place of light instead of that place of darkness, start seeing the fundamental truths that will allow us to organize in that self-organizing system of righteousness. We have to see our own unrighteousness. We have to see the lies that we have accepted into our being that aren't so we have to stop reproducing the viral exosomes of our thinking that is contaminating our thinking so that we cannot see the whole truth and this idea of accepting that what makes a christian different is the trinity or that makes a christian different is water baptism or what makes a christian different is uh, his uh, blind faith in Christ, while at the same time not doing the basics of what Christ said to do, commanded us to do, and commanded us not to do, is hypocrisy. We need to move away from that hypocrisy by admitting the whole truth. Unless we have a daily ministration unspotted by the world, that is taking care of all the needy of our society, our Christian society, our Christian community, to faith, hope, and charity, we have need of repentance. Unless we have gone that route fully in our hearts and in our minds, practicing pure religion, unspotted by the world, we are not actually following Christ. We have to follow what he said and the path he said to go. And we're not doing that. Most Christians are not doing that. We are trying to do that. We are seeking to do that. If you and the, the bonds that are created with such a network will go much deeper than the iceberg of corruption we see poking its head up above the water in our modern times. Whether it's, you know, the the COVID crazy uh, nonsense. where I mean, you, you look, everybody's wearing masks everywhere. Well, I shouldn't say everybody, everywhere, but uh, it's all over the place. And these little dictators are going around threatening businesses, fining them if they don't force the people to wear masks. This is so dangerous. Such a dangerous spirit. These people are not born again in the spirit of Christ. These people are born again in the spirit of evil. They don't know that. They think that they're, they're, they imagine that they are good people. When they are on the brink of bringing in one of the greatest wicked, destructive periods of history. We're on the brink of that. It's out there. It's it's you know hell is emptying out and all the evil demons are here. You need to put on the full armor of God and you cannot do that on your own. You you have to strap one another into the armor of God by that interaction that comes only when you sit down in that network of charity that is operating by that faith hope and love that Christ Told us to do. So this is this is going to be critical in the days ahead. So we w- really think it's important that you join us in the network. And the network is not just an email group. The network is is the road to the network is to go to preparingyou.com dot com or hisholychurch.org dot org, and uh, eventually it'll take you and you will see. All the different groups based on geography. And you can join those groups. And there's only so many, but they're all over the world. We cover every area of the world. And you join that network. Now don't expect your ears to be tickled. Don't expect us to uh, play soft music and make you feel good about your faith. We're probably gonna often make you feel good about your short, make you not feel so good about your shortcomings. But we're doing it in love. Because you have to see the problem. You know, there was somebody who did not feel pain. They didn't feel injuries or pain. And they uh, the story as it goes, I don't know if it's true or not, but they sat on a scissors in a chair and they didn't realize they had jabbed themselves and cut an artery in their leg. And uh, they bled to death. They didn't feel the pain of the injury. I actually do know of a guy who was in a car accident and got an injury, but he was so drunk that he didn't know how bad he was injured, and he bled to death, staggering around, trying to find his way home because he couldn't get the car started, but didn't realize he was bleeding. And he eventually lost consciousness and died there on the side of the road. Pain is not a curse. It's a gift. So yes, it can be a painful process to see that you have not seen the truth. That you have not, you've been under a strong delusion and you've been going the wrong way. But there but by the grace go all of us. So we need to gather together in order to not scratch each other's back, but to bring light To the situation where we can see our own faults. It's easy to see everybody else's faults. But we will not meet. Truly in the depths of our hearts. In a place of darkness. So we need to bring the light of each of us. Our bringing into the situation. And pray. That the light of Christ. Illuminates our relationships. So that we can Learn to lay down our life in righteousness so that we may pick up God's life in more abundance. This is the process of true Christianity. This is what the early church was doing. And they faced the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, which brought calamity after calamity and chaos upon chaos. But amongst the Christians, they not only survived that decline and fall of the Roman Empire, but they thrived in it. But a thousand years ago, this specter of men ruling over other men was born again in, in, in the world, and kings rose up in Germany and England and France and all over the world. Stephen and de Bullion and William the Conqueror. And we've been now we elect a new king every four years, or in some places at different rates, but uh, they rule over us. And uh they rule over us, and I don't care what's in your Constitution, and they don't seem to care what's in their con- in the Constitution either. They do what they will, and when you try to do something about it, you can't, because you do not have an self-organizing community. You're all scattered. you can't even keep the masks off your face without fear and trepidation. And today it's mass, tomorrow it's vaccines, who knows what it will be farther down the road. There's no end to the limit of wickedness if you will not fill your life and your heart with the love of Christ. If you really have the love of Christ in you, why would you need a daily ministration based on force? Why would you need to frighten your neighbor and force him to contribute to your welfare? Everything from public schools to public health to all these things are all based on force because they're all systems of the world. And we should have duplicate systems in the kingdom of God. Duplicate in purpose, but not in the manner in which they are implemented. Because we do it by charity, they do it by force. And if you learn to do it by charity and love then the love of Christ will flow through you and you will become a conduit to that love. And with that will come more light, more understanding, more truth, more righteousness. So anyway, we've been putting off week after week because of these other things that have been coming up dealing with uh, uh, the book of Joel, uh, which we will eventually get to. If all of you would behave yourselves, (laughs) start seeing the truth and start sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and start taking care of one another through love rather than through force. But anyway, we have a number of other things that are uh, on the horizon that we're going to be working towards. And it's the same thing that all the prophets were working towards was to create this system, this network of love to take care of one another not following after the ways of babylon the ways of nimrod the ways of cain all the the ways of pharaoh the ways of caesar they were all based on force and they all vested power in their leaders so that their leaders became rulers you cannot be a free society if you take care of one another through force You can only do it if you're willing to take care of one another through charity, through love. And so people sit in their pews and say, yeah, I love my neighbor. But they send men to their neighbor's house to force them to contribute to the welfare that they desire provided by their governments. And those governments are the governments of the world. And it is simply not um, the meat offering Of the kingdom of God. It is not the drink offering. Of the kingdom of God. In fact these systems cut off. The spirit of God. Which is what Joel will be talking about. But until then. Peace on your house. And may God be with you. God bless.